Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Dairy Pod. I'm Rory McDonald from the Dairy Australia Farm Team and today we're talking about one of the major challenges facing dairy farmers currently. How to find the right staff for your business and then, once you've found the ideal employee, how to keep them. Our guest today is Nolik Heffernan, an internationally renowned management consultant who unpacks the importance of valuing and investing in your people and how understanding yourself as a person and as an employer will help you succeed. With Dairy Australia's Bernie Baxter asking the questions, Nolik highlights how crucial recruitment is to farm business performance, both in terms of building a positive workplace and business continuity, of recruiting the right people for the right role and also being clear on what you require when hiring. We start off this podcast with Bernie asking Nolik how farmers can become employers of choice. Um, thanks, Bernie. Yeah, so when you're looking at becoming an employer of choice, the, the, you know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So the important thing is to start. And that's a, you know, that's a coveted title, employer of choice. So it can panic people a little bit um, thinking, well, how will I ever get there? It's a, it's a long journey. Um, and so what we need to think about are the simple things that you can do. And it's always the simple things that distinguish the good businesses from the, the weaker business in terms of employment. You know, not overcomplicating it, getting simple things right. So you would see uh, good businesses will have a very good foundation for that for employing people. They have a very clear business awareness. How does this person slot in? So we want an employee to slot in rather than to be bolted on. And you can think, you know, if you just think of maybe on a farm and you're expanding and you, you add on buildings to what you already have, maybe rather than having buildings that are fit for purpose, it's always, it, it never quite works. It kind of grates a little bit. And if you're not really actively planning have a very strong business awareness when you're bringing an employee in. You're kind of bolting them on, which will always great. So it's really the good businesses are very good at slotting in an employee, much like a piece of a jigsaw. And they do that through huge business awareness, having the foundation in place, contracts, really understanding their rosters, how that person is going to work with other people, and exactly what that person is expected to do at any time when they're in the business. Um, other things that simple things that they do, um, I suppose the, the, the key one, and, and I specialize in leadership, the key one is just basic human respect. So one some of the nice things you'd hear, like, I treat my employees the way I would like my children to be treated. You know, so it's it's having that kind of thought about, well, here's, yes, they are an employee, but first and foremost, they're a person. So you would see that the really good employers actually like people. That's a prerequisite to be good, being a good employer. Um, that does come more naturally to some people, just like farming skills come naturally to, to some people, but there's no reason why you can't work on it. And one of the ways you work on it to get the best out of your employees, again, comes straight back to having a good foundation in place where you are really making the best um, possible platform for your employees to work well in your business. One of the things that have, has resonated with me uh, that you've mentioned in the past, Noleg, is understanding your why in the business. Because if you understand your purpose and what you're trying to achieve and where you're trying to go, it's easy then to find the right people that you would like in your business to, to continue on that journey with you and they understand their purpose and how they can contribute as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a cracking comment. And it's a, it's a difficult one to answer. We, we have a little bit of a, an issue in farming where people farm because they can rather than they necessarily want to. So it's a question that I would often find farm businesses find very difficult to answer. So burn your idea of why that comes mainly from the work of Simon Sinek. Some people call it their objective. It might be called your higher goal. So it's really what you're there for. And when you can be very clear about your why, that allows you to stay focused during distraction. It allows you not to lose the cool with your employees because you know exactly why they're there. 
but actually you don't get to a point of losing your cool with your employees because you've structured and planned so well that you don't have to run into those those hiccups so if your why is really um, a higher order of why you're there and it's typically to to maintain a quality of life if you're thinking of farming it's it's keeping that legacy going it's paying off um it's not really paying off debt actually you're using work to pay off debt it's it's really just understanding what gets you out in the morning out in the morning and that's about commitment and when you understand why you're employing so why do we employ well most people say oh to help with work well actually what you're doing when you're employing somebody is buying time fundamentally you're buying time you may be buying expertise but fund and, and expertise actually is buying time as well because if somebody's an expert at doing something or has a skill set they're faster at doing it so you're still buying time now when you think about employees as buying time you start your head starts thinking differently so this a lot of employment in in the dairy sector in agriculture is just about rethinking how you think about employment and when you think that you're actually buying somebody's time you start to become much more efficient with it and how do you understand what uh, you know what your use their use of time is you come straight back to that why and that why is a huge business awareness business clarity about what you're trying to achieve long term so why is kind of a lofty goal that is about leadership it's about seeing down the track you know, it's about suffering a bit of short-term pain today in order to have a long-term gain. And um, often people lose sight of that when they're, when they're facing an employee that shouldn't have been there in the first place because they didn't really understand why they needed the employee. They didn't clearly articulate their why in relation to that employee. And as a result, they run into tension down the line because that's not a happy marriage, if you like. So being very clear about why you're farming, being very clear about what you need to move on that journey. So where it is you're trying to go and what skill set is going to help you, that's going to make it much easier to attract the right type of person. When you attract the right type of person, that relationship is much stronger from the beginning. You're not really backpedaling because you already know and you value why they're there. Because you understand your why and how they fit into that, you value them rather than thinking, oh God, I love cows, why do I have to have employees? So it's very important that we get clear on that, that core idea of why and how, how employees can help you to move along on that journey. How do you demonstrate that you, you do value them? Um, a good employer will see their, their staff as an asset and a poor employer sees them as a cost. Now we know that, you know, this is an emotional thing. This isn't a rational um, accounting concept. This is emotional. We feel negatively about a cost. We want to erode it. We want to diminish it. An asset, we feel good about an asset. We have pride in it. We want to invest in it. We want to look after it. And one of the simplest things that we can do to show some, so show that we have value in it is to respect it. So, you know, you, you damage something, you, you're not bothered about damaging or eroding or, or misusing something you don't, you don't value. But when you value it, you look after it. So we, we come back again um, to, you know, respect is, is a, it's, it's really the, the super glue of, of leadership. Um, speaking to somebody as a human, not as a labor unit, as the term goes from a financial point of view. Um, just you know taking time to listen to their opinion if you ask somebody's opinion acting on their opinion you know not just listening to them and dismissing it but maybe having a conversation around somebody's opinion that's showing that you value their input and um, the, sim the simplest things of all you know health and safety facilities showing that you respect and value them physically as well as as uh, psychologically very very important we talk a lot in psychology about the psychological contracts so of course you've got the legal contracts that makes up the amount of work somebody has to do and, and what they're paid for but the psychological contract is a belief that when somebody enters your business they will leave the business you know safe both physically and psychologically that evening or at the end of the day 
and they, they need to believe that and trust that they will be safe where they are. So showing value to somebody is really about respecting them as a human before, um, you know, really, yeah, respecting them as a human, I suppose, is, is the main thing. And just understanding that they have emotions, they have feelings the same as we do. And if something stresses you, it's likely to stress them. If you don't like being talked down to, guess what? Other people don't like it either. So we, when we come back to valuing somebody, a lot of a lot of it is about valuing yourself first, understanding yourself first. Um, and I would always start off when I'm speaking about leadership, management, employment, even parenting. It's it's really about self-awareness first. So understanding yourself first, valuing yourself first in that relationship, and then you're in a better position to value other people. I think also um, understanding that you have many years of experience if you've grown up on a farm. You've mentioned before, as, as a as a young child at age four or five, you end up following your parents around on the farm. And so by the time you get to 18 or 19, you've got about 15 years of, of intuitive experience that uh, other employees may not have. And so you have to understand that not everybody comes from a, a farming background. And so um, you need to upskill them and take them on, on the journey and, uh, as well. Definitely. And, and added to that is, you know, you're talking about that, that, uh, you know, that amount of experience, but added to that is that you are fully invested in your business because it's your business and you get the direct return. So a lot of the, the conversations I would hear from farmers is they're not committed. They're not as invested as I am that, you know, here in Ireland, that fella'd be out the gate at five o'clock, you know, so it's about understanding that you, you can't, you can't bring, you, you cannot start from a basis that somebody comes into your business as committed as you are. You have to earn that right. You have to invest in that person. You have to make that person feel safe enough that you are worth investing in. So that's something that comes with time. Of course, when you're under pressure and you're frustrated, you want to have that commitment straight away because you know, when you're under pressure and frustrated yourself, you feel like it's you against the world. So when somebody else doesn't show that commitment, you know, you feel a bit hurt or offended, especially as it's your, your home, it's your business. So you, you're taking things personally if you think that somebody isn't as invested as you are. But it's critical that you understand that that's something that you have to earn. The, you have to earn that right. You you don't get that automatically. Um, and again, as you come, you know, your point about farming from when when you're a small child running out the door with mommy and daddy, you've got a huge amount of of experience. And up to the age of eight or nine, we learn by observation. So it's something called it's it's a concept called TETA, where you learn by observation. So the majority of farmers don't even know how much they know. And they have so much experience before the average person goes into the workplace. And that, that of course, breeds intolerance because it's so inherently um, understandable to that person. They can't understand why the next person takes a long time to do it. And that creates frustration. Uh, the only way you can get around that is by having plenty of time in your planner, plenty of time in your calendar to bring somebody in, to uh, induct them into your business, to train them properly so that you're not exposing your business and you want to show respect by giving them the time to learn and appreciating that everybody has a different learning curve. You know, how quick would you be to, to go into an IT profession and pick up, the, you know, be brilliant at a computer? How quickly can you learn a language? So it's really about understanding that we have different learning tolerances, but critically in farming, it's such an embedded uh, skill set because it's been going on over so many years. You know, in, in first world countries, agriculture is the only um, profession where people bring their children to work. So you, you've got to think about how much information you already have before you ever get into the workplace and how that intolerance is going to be frustrat frustrating to people if you're not willing to take them um, on the journey and to have tolerance for their learning capacity. When you, when you look at uh, successful businesses that 
recognise is the wrong fit in the business. Uh, some businesses choose to keep that person in because they feel like they, the pool of people that are out there is slim, uh, whereas others will make the decision to um, remove that person from the business. What commentary do you have around uh, some of the successful businesses that manage that well? It's very important that if somebody is not the right fit and you acknowledge that and look, Harvard show um, did studies uh, uh, you know, with 2014, 2015, and they show that the brain makes and reacts within four seconds of a new experience. So when you meet somebody, you're, you're pretty much judging them within four seconds. Do I like this person or not? And that's that gut reaction that is really hardwired in our brain. It's a huge survival mechanism. And so if you have a gut reaction that feels, I'm not sure about this person, you should never ignore that because once you have that, we have something called the confirmation bias. It's an error in our thinking. Once we get a mere suggestion of a doubt in our heads, we find it very difficult to erode that, to, to, to ignore it. And instead we start seeking confirming evidence. And so I would find down the line, uh, somebody's getting rid of somebody and they'd say, oh, I knew they were a bad egg from the start. Now this is two years, four years, five years later, they still have this person. So I would say that in agriculture, agriculture is quite slack for holding on to people. It doesn't have a good, you know, if you look at dairy, dairy has a strong culling policy. You don't keep the cows that don't work for your herd, but we're very good at keeping people. Now, if we come back to a logical argument of that, it's just, it's mind boggling, really a rational argument because, you know, one cow being difficult in your herd or a few cows, you can manage that. But somebody coming into your business, having a poor experience, they can really damage your business once they go outside that farm gate. So it's really important that you have the courage to let go of people who shouldn't be in your business. It's really important that you don't, that you suffer short-term pain for long-term gain. So you say to yourself, oh, I just really desperately want somebody, I'll take them. That's such a dangerous and slippery slope because the next thing you do is you stop looking. Actually, the next thing you do is probably breathe a, a sigh of relief and say, thank God I've got somebody to fill the gap. But actually, not, sure, not too long after that, you, you start thinking, but they're not quite the right person, but hey, they're, they're, they're somebody, so they'll do. And that's really dangerous for a business. So good businesses, they wait for the right person. Um, and, you know, some people, I've, I was working with a farm here, really, really good uh, setup, and they took two years to find the right unit manager. Now, that doesn't mean they had a complete gap, but what they did have was huge communication amongst the team, amongst the other units that said, no, it's worth waiting for the right person. We can carry this till we get the right person because for us, the fit with the right person is really important. Every day you carry the wrong person, you are punishing that person and you, you're, you are, excuse me, you are rewarding that person and punishing everybody else, including yourself, because you're stressed about that person. You're worried about that person. They are always, you know, when you're under pressure, that's the first person you think of and see and feel frustrated about. And in reality, that person is your fault, which doesn't help. It actually makes you feel worse about it because you know you're to blame for having that person there in the first place. So it's very important um, to have the confidence to say no. It's very important to have the confidence to wait. And that's about having a mature conversation with the staff around you saying, I'd prefer to wait for the right person and we share the burden of the work than to burden you with the wrong person now. And there are very few members of staff who will go, oh, no, I'd much prefer to take somebody who, won't, who isn't the right fit here. I'd much prefer to carry them. The majority of people are going, to, nearly everybody's going to say, you know, yeah, let's wait for the right person. Your staff are really looking to find, understand where they fit into the business, how they can help and how they can take you, your business on the journey with you. And then it's important as a manager to step back and allow them to, to get the job done. It might be done differently, but understand that it will be done 
in a satisfactory way uh, and then give them some accountability with that responsibility. Yeah, so that's that's um, one of the issues we see in farming a lot um, or any business that's under pressure when you're taking staff in, you're unlikely to let somebody really get on with their job because you want it done a different way, you want it done, you want it done sooner, you want it done faster, you're frustrated. So to be able to be tolerant with, with staff and have tolerances, first of all, you should set out your tolerances. So it's about, um, as you said, Bernie, you know, they might do it a different way. Well, what's acceptable? Well, what's the, if the outcome is the same, does it matter how they do it? Well, you've got to be very critical about that because maybe they're running the, the milking parlor for, you know, the milking machine for longer than they should be. That's an extra use of electricity. It's really stepping back and saying, where are my tolerances and where will I, what are my hard rules? What are my soft rules? That's really important in the workplace. You know, what, what are the boundaries that I'll accept? So writing those out, that's part of your role clarity that you're, you're creating um, very strong structures so people know where they stand. We have an interesting thing, the, the concept of, of accountability, responsibility, delegation, they've got quite muddied um, really, I suppose, since the 90s when we started seeing businesses trying to become flatter in structures. Um, you know, we need to think about what work is allotted. So the allotted work is what you're paying your staff to do. Um, delegating, true delegation is about developing somebody to, to move up a role. So if you, were, if you think of your business as a triangle, and you've got a lot of people working at the lower level to do the everyday tasks. And then as they move through the business into unit management, they're moving up that triangle. They're moving a little bit away from doing and more into managing people. So that's about trying to give them a skill set that will help them to move up. But be very clear about what it is you're paying your staff to do and allow them to do it. Be very clear about what skills, what skills and resources they need to do that, that, um, that, that job and what training that you're giving them. Um, so it, it's, it's thinking about how that, as you said, how they fit in, how they do it, and allowing them to get on with their job. You know, people strive for achievements. People strive for, for not as rather, rather um, contribution. People want to contribute. And that's around role clarity. So the leading cause of job dissatisfaction is a lack of role clarity. Hold on a minute. I thought I was supposed to be milking cows, and here I am doing something else. I thought I was, you know, hired here because I've got experience in milking cows and this guy's standing over me all, all the time telling me what to do, though I have huge experience in milking cows. So it's understanding, um, the, you know, giving somebody role clarity so they know what their boundaries are. But people will push their boundaries just to see what they get away with as well. And it's up to you to be, uh, to hold people accountable. So you're holding people accountable in a business uh, the size of, you know, dairy businesses with the number of people they have. It's very much about giving them the responsibility to complete the job but you're still or your unit manager is still accountable for the completion of that job so for the quality that that job is completed to so they're responsible for completing it and then the unit manager or the owner is accountable for how well it's done because you're the person who put that uh, who, who assigns that job to the employee in the first place so it's very important that we understand where accountability roles and responsibilities um are, are and how clear they are and who's who's in charge of what that only that comes straight back to why that comes straight back to your business structure that comes straight back to why is this person in your business in the first place and what is it you need them to achieve in order to help you to move your business along it's also important to to demonstrate pathways of growth in the business and positions positions that are available so if you do find somebody who is senior in your business and wants to take on the next position that as an owner uh, that that position may not always be there for them 
Yeah, so it's it's um, about what what can your business facilitate. Now that's when you've got an ambitious individual who wants to progress through, and there isn't the, there isn't the the gap for them to step into. That's a hard conversation because you're looking at somebody you probably want to keep on. They've shown they've shown interest, they've shown determination, and they're moving through the system. Um, but in reality, if you start the game, if you start down the line of, oh, I really need to keep this person, well, you start shifting your business objectives because you're, you're trying to hold on to that person and that's really dangerous. Uh, as, as wonderful as it is to have excellent talent in your business, if you start changing your business for that talent, well, then you become a bystander in your own business and you, and you give a lot of power and influence to that individual. And ultimately, if the gap isn't there because the gap is you, you're the next logical progression. Your your position is the next logical progression for that person. That that begins to breed resentment, you know. So it's about sitting down and being very clear about where you can go in the business and um, allowing saying to the person, "If this is this is what we have, I don't have that opportunity for you at the moment." Uh, it could be if you're a well a well um, established system that you are looking for the next opportunity for them in terms of I've got a good person, so I'd like to take on a unit that they can. I, I, I'm in the position to take on a unit because an ex, you know, expand and take on a unit because I have the right person to do that for me. So there, there might be that option, but you should always have a conversation around what people's motivations are because for that person, they're going to find resentment. They, they're, um, if they're staying and there isn't the opportunity and you're kind of, pro you're promising them something that you can't really fulfill on, you know, people will hang around for a little while, but not for very long. And the worry is they take that resentment and they go outside the gate and they talk about it to other people. And that's dangerous for your business. So it's about having frank conversations about where people want to go. And we fear those because, you know, the risk is that person will say, actually, I can't stay with you. I need to leave. So we, we often we often avoid those conversations because it's news we don't want to hear. But you, you just have to suck it up and, and understand it's the right thing for that person. It's the right thing for your business. You can't change the structure of your business for one person. That's very, very dangerous. Um, so it, it's, again, we also need to look at the idea that uh, progression is, is, doesn't have to be um, hierarchical. You know, it doesn't have to be straight up the business. It could be the acquisition of skill set. So progression could be saying, um, you know, there's an opportunity here to learn more about uh, the the financial aspect of farming there's uh, to influence the industry to you know to to go and get a better a bigger skill set uh, what you'd hear a lot uh, in the UK and Ireland is if somebody has uh, has good talent they'll say I really need to keep you in the business but I know I don't have enough challenge for you I'll send you to New Zealand I'll send you to Australia now that's huge that's that's a big investment and of course there's that you know that's contracted if if I do this for you you need to come back to me for x amount of time and in the meantime, uh, the farmer is looking at setting, you know, is, is looking at getting that extra, that that unit that will uh, facilitate, that will be available to that person when they come back. So it's about sitting down and looking at what your options are. But critically, the day you start changing your business because you're desperate to hang on to somebody is the day you lose the respect of that person, and you you know you you lose sight of what you're trying to achieve because the system no talent is, is ever bigger than the system you shouldn't you shouldn't change the system to the talent sometimes it provides opportunity though too because if you do find that somebody has really grown in their position and become a really good senior manager and you um, can remove yourself from the business it provides you an opportunity to to step back but it all if depending on on the stage of, of business that, that you're in. Um, but it also provides an opportunity for expansion as well to allow that person to go and manage another farm if you wanted to invest into that because one of the 
one of the challenges around growth for farmers is is having confidence in the people they would grow and, that, and that's actually one of the drivers of growth as well is because they do find talented people and they go fantastic here's a great opportunity to become a bit more entrepreneurial and expand our business and and milk on another platform spot on yeah absolutely bernie definitely and and you know it's again it's a hallmark of good businesses that they have the people asset before they get the land asset um rather than the other way around yeah spot on when you're when you're running a family business Oleg, and you start to expand you experience a different dynamic you want to talk about some of the uh how those who do that successfully and how they achieve that well yeah um yeah the, the family dynamic i mean one of the things i always think if you if you're working with your parents or there's a father son or father daughter or mother mother child whatever the dynamic is you know sometimes an ex an, an explanation is is silence or it's a grunt you know and there's that kind of family communication that everybody understands what's meant and when you start bringing other people into that equation it can become quite difficult so Again, we'd come back to the original question about why. You know, why are you bringing people into your into staff? Why are you bringing them probably around your family home? Why are you expanding? And when you get clear on that, you'll appreciate that. You know, you can't your your family, um, your, your family are there for you, but they they can only stretch so far, and you run the risk of of damaging that relationship. And I often do an ex, an exercise with discussion groups where I give them um. A rugby team set up or um, in Ireland we'd use hurling or something like that and I asked them to to, um, to describe their fantasy dairy team and unfortunately what we'd see a lot in them is that um, they always have family in goal because your family are, are the people that you use to, to you know they're your backline defense when things go wrong that's who you turn to and that's quite dangerous because of course if all your family experiences the negative aspects of farming there is it's not going to be uh, very attractive for them to go into so it's really when you're expanding and, and dealing with other people is that, um, you know, you're, you're working with your family on that. What do we need? What are we looking at? You're having those conversations because, of course, bringing people and the stress of management, if you're not used to it, that's going to impact on your family. So that dynamic changes quite dramatically where you've got to change your relationships also, you know, with your family that you're managing them properly. And what we'd often find in farming is or in any business, actually, where you're working with your children is there, well, I'll be toughest on my children because I don't want to be seen to be biased. But actually, you are being biased. You're being biased to every non-member, non-family member by treating them better than your own children. So we often see where, um, you know, you'd hear somebody saying, I, I stopped working for them because I just couldn't tolerate how they spoke to their own children. They, they treated us better than they treated their children. Because there's a belief that if I, if I show favoritism to my children, it's going to look wrong in front of the staff. Um, so it's, the dynamic changes quite dramatically. I, was, I can't emphasize enough the fact that many people, when they're, you know, they're farming where they live, so you need to be very, very, very clear about who it is that you are bringing in around your family home. You need to be very um, sure that whatever your gut reaction is, that you've gauged it with your family as well and allow your family the opportunity to see how they feel about somebody in around the place. And the dynamic is tricky. It's, um, it's a learning curve. It's something, again, where we tend to hire um, last minute and, and uh, cause stress for ourselves rather than thinking, you know, what is the actual consequence of bringing, of bringing in staff? What does it really mean for me? Yes, I'll be able to get to relieve time for me, but how much time is it going to take to invest in that? And it can often be that when we look at streamlining systems, when we take out redundant practices that you mightn't actually need somebody, um, you didn't look into your business closely enough, you didn't clearly understand your why, 
you take on somebody, it's a disaster for everybody. And so when you go to employ again, it's your family who holds your back. So it's your family saying, no, we don't want to do this. We tried this before and it didn't work for us. And so their opinion of what has happened can actually cap the, um, the production of the business. So we need to make sure that firstly, everybody is on board with the idea and they understand why, the staff, why staff are there. Um, having a healthy conversation about what that staff member should look like and then really being honest and open about how, where communication might fall down and how are you going to engage with somebody um, who hasn't worked in your system before and who doesn't speak your family talk. So it's really, it's, it's a tricky one to move away from family business and to bring on staff. But if you understand why you're doing it, it makes it much easier to do that. And it makes it much easier for your staff, for your family to support you in that decision. So Derleg, as businesses expand, family businesses expand, farmers move away from being operational to more strategic in the business. How important is that? Yeah, it's, it's a, a huge challenge for, for farmers. You know, um, I came across an expression recently and, and I've always discussed it, but I never quite had an expression for it. And I came across it recently, some, some research, uh, learned industriousness. So um, farmers have learned to be hands-on. They've learned to be practical. They've got this work ethic where using your hands, being outside, being physical is, is the productive way to work. And of course, you know, you have to do a lot of that work to get a return. And um, it's often difficult. Farmers really challenge with the, uh, are really challenged with the idea that sitting in the office is more productive than being outside. And that's just more a mindset. So fundamentally, the thinking that creates a business cannot sustain a business. And that's just as simple as thinking about, you know, a young farmer can throw a huge amount of physical work at something. But as you get older, you're just not capable of doing that. As other people demand your time, you're just not capable of doing that. And it's about working on um, higher level decision making. So it's moving away from um, the $5 job and towards the $1,000 job. And that's, that happens in the office. That's about being strategic. What happens with a lot of farmers is that they think they're mutually exclusive. Well, if I'm doing one, I can't do the other. If you have your business set up, there's no reason why you can't uh, make cows. You know, there's no reason why you can't do it as long as you've done what you're supposed to be doing. So you shouldn't find yourself out making the cows when you should be in the office. But if you've done all your office work, there's no reason why you can't be out making the cows and enjoying yourself. What's also interesting is, is there's a perception that, oh, I don't want my staff to see me in the office because they'll think I'm lazy. I have never come across a member of staff who has resented their employer being in the office, ever. You know, they're, they're thinking, oh, I'm glad I'm out here and there and there. So we have a lot of misconceptions. We have a lot of learned um, habits from, you know, I suppose it comes down maybe from generations, you know, you're not, unless you're out physically working, you're not working properly, you know, school isn't hard work because you're not physically working, you're only using your brain. And um, we have a lot of those kind of things that come through. And, and that's about just creating, you know, you know, that's just endemic in farming to create a bit of status. I'm, I'm tougher than you are because I worked longer hours. And in truth, it should be about asking, you know, what you got done, not how long you worked. And if you are you know, if the things you got you you did were in the office, well, actually, you did some really good work for your business because that's about the strategic moving your business along. It's the higher level decision making. There's higher risk. You know, there's a certain there's a prescribed way to make your cows, but if when you start making high level decision making and decide what it is you want to do with your future, do I expand? Do I do I contract? Do I take on more staff? Do I t you know where do I move my staff to? They are higher level decisions that um are riskier for your business because they have a bigger impact if you get them wrong. So you need thinking time. You need time and space to think about it. And that's something that farmers struggle with because, as you said, they're practical. They like to be doing things. And the idea of sitting and thinking 
you know, if I say that to a discussion group, you can see people beginning to fidget. They're quite uncomfortable with that idea. It's about, you know, we, we know, we know in psychology, we know from cognitive research, so how the brain functions, that you're most productive actually when you're in what's called the daydreaming state because you're allowing things to connect in your brain that can move you forward. Um, but that's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough idea to sell to people who are used to being physically active. So it's about stepping back and, and gauging, you know, what, what do I like, to, what should I be doing and what do I like doing? And if I know what I like doing, what should I be doing that will allow me the time to do what I like doing? So it's really important that you, you find yourself doing what you should be doing. If you're doing something you like doing, you should ask yourself first, but have I done, have I done the work you know, have I completed the work I was supposed to have done? Um, and just having a strong mechanism that doesn't allow you to to hide in the things that you like doing over the things that you should be doing. And that's very much a prioritization skill. That's that's a totally learnable skill set in terms of time management. It's a creating a value on things um, about whether they're important, you know, how important are they and how urgent are they? It's also having clear understanding of your business. There's no point in doing a job you've already paid somebody else to do because if you're doing their job, You've paid two people to do. You've paid two people in the business to do the job, including yourself, and you're the most um, expensive person in the business. So, from a purely rational financial argument, it doesn't make any sense. So, it's really about um, understanding what you, and you know. And and it is true that farmers will say, "God, you know, I just love to be back on my cows. I don't like since I expanded. And I don't have the same pleasure. I don't have the same joy." That's about coming back to your why. That's about really being strong about, yes, my role has changed, but how can I still get enjoyment and satisfaction from that? And how can I benefit my family from that? How can I, how can I, how can I create, um, I suppose, gratitude from that, even if my heart still, still stays with the cows? There's no reason why every so often you can't still milk the cows. You just shouldn't find yourself doing it all the time if you've paid somebody else to do it. Thanks, Nala. There's a lot to take in. Uh, it's really important to understand uh, your why and and plan for that uh, and really a, a strong communication with your team and uh, understand how they can help you take go on the journey so thanks very much for your time really appreciate it pleasure thank you bernie thanks to bernie and nullock for taking us through that important area of farm business management i'm not sure if anyone else had any trouble understanding everything that was said during the podcast but if so i do apologize for bernie's thick australian accent if you want to learn more about improving employment outcomes for your farm business Dairy Australia has some great resources available, including the Employee Starter Kit, or ESKI as it's known, which provides easy access to the information and documents you'll need to start employing someone. You can find the ESKI at thepeopleindairy.org.au, or you can also subscribe to the People Matters email update on employment, workforce and farm safety. Otherwise, talk to your local regional development program to find out what's happening with online workshops to assist with people management. Nullig and Bernie are also currently running a six-part webinar series called From Manager to Employer of Choice. Check your RDP events calendar for details of the next webinar. Well, that's it for this episode. You can find previous dairy pods, as always, at SoundCloud, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and bye for now.